0: If you'd like to learn more about the Texas Radio Theater Company, be sure to log on to www.texasradiotheater.com. Welcome to the latest Texas Radio Theater podcast. This week's audio play is The Time Machine, adapted from the story by H.G. Wells. It was recorded in front of a studio audience May 30th, 2009,
1: at the Arlington Museum of Art in Arlington, Texas. Good evening. I'm Ken Rainey, your announcer, and welcome to this performance of the Texas Radio Theatre Company at the Arlington Museum of Art. Tonight we're presenting an adaptation of H.G. Wells' classic story, The Time Machine. Part one will begin right after this.
2: And now, I'm Tay Eiffelay Classics present Oscar award-winning actor Judy
3: Dench. I must confess, when I first heard Shakespeare, I thought it was terribly boring. But thanks to a revolutionary new collection, I find myself listening closer and enjoying these classic works more than ever. From the I'm Tay collection, I'm thrilled to announce the complete dramatic works of William Shakespeare in Pig Latin. Have a listen. I know you'll love it.
1: Yes, the complete
2: dramatic works of William Shakespeare updated, translated, and performed for today's audiences completely in Pig Latin. You'll hear... Itchard Ray, the Erdthay. An
0: Orsay, an Orsay, I'm a kingdom kay for an
2: Orsay. Omeo Ray and Uliet J.
0: O oh, Omeo Ray, Omeo Ray, air for way art thou Omeo Ray?
2: And the immortal Amlet Hay. Ute ebe or
4: Ute Otne Ibe. At they is the Estian Koei.
2: But that's not all. Also included, Akbezme.
0: Ulius J. Ezerse. say.
2: shme wado
0: at ote abehin atinde.
3: Elo ote. I'm Eiffelay has painstakingly transformed these classics so that each play, each masterpiece is a completely new experience. Get the complete dramatic works of Shakespeare in Pig Latin and hear them again for the first time.
2: Order yours today online at That Omke. All HMA edit crayard keys accepted.
3: Udge eitne, udge eitne. Artingpe is <laughs> udge se, oro
1: And now, The Time Machine.
4: When I met Professor Dudley, I thought of him as having one of those intellectual minds that was tragically too brilliant. Whether it was due to the pressure of trying to outdo himself, out of complete frustration of being constantly misunderstood, or just out of utter boredom, no matter what the cause, I was quite certain he was mad. And I wasn't alone.
0: <laughs> time for Oh, well, you won't tell yourself this time He'll be in a sanitarium me. within the week. <laughs> Thanks,
3: Thanks for dinner. dinner. That was a very
0: entertaining <laughs> evening. <laughs> uh,
3: See you next time. Next, next time. time.
0: <laughs> no need to get up. Uh, we'll let ourselves out.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm sure they didn't mean it, Professor. It's probably the wine. I thank you for your kindness, Philby. And I'm grateful for your open mind. Well... Perhaps it's more that I don't wish to appear rude. I see. Then I also appreciate your honesty. Ah, I suppose time traveling should be my treasure alone. You really believe that one can travel through time? I've done it. And so have we all.
4: With every swing of the clock's pendulum, we travel one second forward in time. We can't afford it.
2: Yes, of course, Philby. And it is this understanding that sets you apart from my other dinner guests. Thank you, sir. Don't thank me yet. This skepticism you have is quite annoying. And the only way to destroy it is to invite you on a voyage forward in time. And then back to the present. Come along. It's this way. What is... You can't be serious. This way? Follow me. I can't believe
4: it. Yeah. My goodness! Your library is more of a machine shop than a reading room. (laughs) It's a complete laboratory. It's... it's impressive. Thank you. Now, look here. What do you think? Well, it it has runners Mm -hmm. and seats and... is it some kind of sleigh? Not quite. Well, let me see. A a framework made of bronze, Mm -hmm. ivory levers and brass dials. And a huge wheel covered in crystals. It's powered
2: with electricity. Powered with... It's a time machine. (laughs) You are mad. I promise you, Philby, that by working these levers, a man can go wherever he likes in time. He can choose his century, his year, his very day. (laughs) Really, Professor? Remember my statement at dinner, the one about the true nature of time? You said time was just another kind of space. Exactly. And if we can move about in all other dimensions of space, why not in time? Well, you can't... It's impossible. Ah, then allow me to show you. Climb aboard. You mean here, right now? Right now. Just have a seat. All right. Easy does it. Now what? Look to your right. Can you see the garden from here? Yes.
4: Uh, Actually, I've been meaning to compliment you on your rose bushes. (laughs) I'm sure. Uh, Is that all you
2: want me to do? Just look at your garden? Presently, yes. Keep a good eye on it. And hold tight. You may feel a dizzy sensation. And I wouldn't want you to fall outside the machine's influence. You make it sound serious. It could be. Deadly serious. Now, don't take your eyes off my garden. Well, now, adjust this control a bit. Oh, my head! Tell me, did you notice anything just then?
4: Only a noise. A humming noise. Nothing else.
2: And what of my garden? My goodness! It's snowing. December 22nd, 1902. But it's June. it was June. We haven't been here for six months. Impossible. Trust your senses, Philby. The snow outside, the room temperature. I assure you, if you were to leave and purchase a newspaper, the date would confirm what I say. Yes, but Dudley... Have you finished scoffing, Philby? Yes. Yes, I believe I have. Mm -hmm. It's clearly not June. Then hold tight. This time, I'll do more than nudge the lever. I'm ready, Dudley. Good man. Say goodbye. Say goodbye to 1902.
4: We went off with a shattering jolt, with the machine swaying under us. I kept my eyes on the professor's garden. The images of day and night soon turned to an eerie gray. The effect reminded me of looking through a running electric fan. Then suddenly, the walls of Dr. Dudley's laboratory fell away. "'Now we seemed to be in the open. "'Night was speeding after day "'like the flapping of a huge bird's wing. "'I saw the sun hopping across the sky. "'I saw the moon spinning through her quarter like a ball, "'from new to full, all in the twinkling of an eye. "'The garden was all around us now. "'Trees grew and blossomed like puffs of smoke "'and then passed away. "'All for the while we were going faster. "'Now our pace was a year a second, "'so that by second by second, "'the white snow flashed across the world "'and was followed by the bright, brief spring.' And still we went on, into the future.
2: How do you feel, Philby? Very weak. Very dizzy. Don't let go. Don't fall off. Where are we? How far have we come? We're in 100,050. And 60. And 70. Oh, that's enough. Stop it. I can't stand it anymore. Stop it. Philby. Are you all right? Yes, I believe so. No broken bones. What happened? Uh, I'm not sure. I started to bring the lever back, and then everything stopped. Where are we, Dudley? Look around for yourself. A wide lawn, a beautiful, vast garden filled with rhododendrons. I meant geographically. Oh, we haven't moved. We're on the very ground where my laboratory once stood. Once? And the year, Dudley? What is the year now? One hundred thousand and 80. It seemed incredible,
4: a dream, and a pleasant one for the garden in which we found ourselves was beautiful and summery, with an unexpected perfume about it. At some distance we could see a large and imposing building, and everything was quiet and peaceful, but at the same instant an incredible sense of strangeness sent shivers up my spine. What did you say?
2: One hundred thousand and eighty. Why so far into the future? Why not? One hundred thousand years before our time, mankind, if you may call it that, could barely light a fire. I want to see what progress has been achieved from the seed of our modern world. Hmm, not much, judging from this garden. Do you see this monument? A white sphinx? It shows that some symbols are enduring. Shall we explore? I don't know. I can't explain it, but I have a rather anxious feeling. Then I should take you back. Yes, please. I do believe we're not alone in this garden. I think you're right.
4: Someone's in trouble.
2: Yes, it's very near. Do you have any weapons? Only this. A flare gun. It'll have to do. The scream came from behind a group of bushes. There, a child's being attacked. By a hideous pack of pale,
4: wild animals. Fire the flare before they pull her apart. It worked. Good thing it was my only flair. Why, look, Professor. Poor child. Thankfully, those fiends only scratched your skin. No bites that I can see. You are safe now.
2: They're gone, whatever they were. Those things, gone. More locks. Uh, Most likely, they're equivalent of wolves. But why would they be hunting in the middle of London? It doesn't add up. I am Philby, and this is Professor Dudley. Who are you? You? Who are you? Oh, you're wasting your time. She doesn't understand English. Forgotten for millennia, no doubt.
0: You. You, Philby. You, Dudley. You, Weena.
2: Weena? Her name is Weena.
0: Weena. Eloy, Eloy.
2: Eloy. Uh, Her parents, perhaps.
0: Eloy. Weena. Eloy, Eloy.
2: She wants us to go with her. Well then, Philby, let's see her Eloy. It shall be amusing to see how the young are scolded in our distant future. I'm coming. She's taken us to a square of some kind, but but this can't be her home. These buildings are ancient.
4: (sighs) I hope it's not far.
2: Mm. (sighs) Yes, I'm a bit nervous leaving the machine in the open.
4: What about the animals? Do you think they'll attack again?
2: What she called Morlocks? (laughs) Mm. (laughs) No, I believe they're long gone. That flare was most effective.
4: Professor, she stopped. Yes,
2: this can't be right. Oh, she's gotten us lost. Now, oh, don't be cross, Professor. I'm sure she did her best. Weena, how much farther? Where Eloy?
0: Weena, Eloy, Eloy.
2: Oh, look at her. No comprehension at all. Well, maybe we should call for these Eloy of hers. They must be very worried. I'm not sure I
4: would call it that. Well, why not? How would you know? because they're all around us. They had crept up on soundless feet to surround us. Immediately, we knew the Eloi were not her parents, but it was the name for the people of this era. Weena was no more a child than the professor or myself. Like her, they all stood about four feet high in simple tunics. Compared with the humans of our time, they seemed terribly frail with a plump and soft look. This stature was shared by male and female, making the difference between the sexes barely noticeable. For a moment, they circled around us, their faces weaved in smiles. Why, Weena's people seem to be very loving and gentle. Yes, but there's something terribly wrong with them.
2: Well, how do you mean, Professor? See how they greeted us? Well, how can warm smiles be wrong? Put yourself in their place. See how most of them have drifted off? There's not one ounce of curiosity or fear. It's as if they've seen people from the past visit them every hour of the day. This is nothing what I expected to see. And what was that? Think how far our world has come in a mere 50 years. Railways, electricity, telegraphs. I would have hoped the world 100,000 years in the future would offer more than a flock of simple-minded children. Well, perhaps the rest of the world is different. Perhaps. Does that mean you're willing
4: to stay in this time? Only long enough to learn from the Eloi, and perhaps to explore the history of future
2: London. Maybe they are the exception. We will stay a few days. I only wish I could share your optimism. The little people led us to their home. They lived in
4: colossal ancient buildings, the original purpose obscured by the ages. They all slept on the floor of one huge hall, ate in another. The rest of the time they played and frolicked in the garden where we first met them. One afternoon, Professor Dudley and I walked along the banks of
2: the Great River. Philby, have you noticed that the Eloi all wear the same clothes? They all have the same soft, hairless skin and the same feminine roundness of limbs. I wonder if it's because they're all vegetarians. They're vegetarians because they have to be. You haven't come across any horses or dogs or cattle of any kind, have you? No, Professor. Now that you mention it. With good reason. All extinct by now. Just as the dinosaur is with us. Such a strange and different place our Earth has become. Yes. I actually prefer it in some ways. With little sheep for people... Pardon? You know what I'm talking about, Philby. As a scientist, I want to learn all there is to know about them and their culture. I find myself frustrated at their lack of... uh, Their... Humanity? Yes, exactly. With the exception of Weena, any time I try to communicate with them, they all break into laughter. I was trying to teach some of them English, but I began to feel like an unpopular schoolmaster against children. Very disinterested children. One moment they come up to us with eagerness, and the next they wander away to something else... You sound as if you're disgusted. Yeah, perhaps. It seems to me that we've met mankind upon the wane. It's sunset, if you will. What makes you say that? Strength is the outcome of desire. Security sets a premium on feebleness. We come from a time when we're trying to make life more comfortable, more secure and convenient. But we are not thinking of the consequences. The consequence is a beautiful world where there is no such thing as hunger, sickness, or need. But it comes at a price. Perhaps when we have everything we need, there's no need for self-improvement, no need for art or creativity, no need for anything. You make it sound horrible. Where did we go wrong? The work of ameliorating and improving the conditions of life must have gone steadily on to a climax. One triumph of a united humanity over nature had followed another. Things that are for us, more dreams, had become projects deliberately put in hand and carried forward. And the harvest is before us. In these playful, grown-up children, devoid of ambition, emptied of imagination, vacuous. Ah, a beautiful wasteland. I can't put my finger on it, Professor Dudley, but it doesn't quite add up. Good. I'm glad you noticed. Then you have the feeling... That we're being watched? Yes. That's why I took the precaution of removing these components from my time machine. The control levers. We can't take the chance of one of these creatures taking it on a joyride to another time, leaving us trapped here forever. That makes me feel a little better. Mm.
4: The city is so completely different now. I can make out a few geographical landmarks, the foundations of an ancient building from our time here and there, but even the river seems to
2: be miles from where it used to flow. Yes, quite extraordinary. Come on, then. Let's head back to the little people's shelter and gather our things. I've seen enough of this... Paradise.
4: I'm inclined to agree with you, Professor. Wait, do you recognize this monument? Yes, of course. The Sphinx was near where we landed. I
2: thought so. So shouldn't we see the machine? It's gone. This is where it was, right? Look, Philby, tracks. It's been dragged this way, over here. Come along. Down this path. Look, right there, to the monument on the other side of those brass doors. Open up! Open up, you little thieves! The doors! They're locked! Dudley, did you hear that? Something's behind the doors. Sounds like movement. The machine is in there. There's a dead tree over here. Yes. Give me a hand. We'll use it to break the door down. All right. I'll try. On the count of three now. Ready? One,
4: two, three! No, <laughs> oh, it's no good,
2: Dudley. They're solid. We'll never break through. There's got to be a way. The doors are solid. And behind it is the only way back to our time.
1: We'll return to part two of The Time Machine right after this message.
0: pastrami here for Craftmatic Foods. Let's visit the kitchen of Betty Olive Loaf, a typical person who, like many of us, enjoys a good sandwich. Yes, there she is, putting down two slices of bread, spreading some mayonnaise. Uh Uh-huh. Ah, there's some lettuce, tomato, some cheese. And now she's put a few slices of ham on top. If you ask me, it looks like the perfect sandwich. Oh, but Wait. There's, there's something wrong. Golly, my ham slices are hanging over the edges of my sandwich. Why doesn't my deli man cut them the right size? Don't mm-hmm. blame your deli man! Hey, who are you? How did you get in here? <gasps> I was walking past and I saw your door open. Ah, but that's not important right now. No? No, what's important is that you need more flexibility and convenience in your bread. Anyone can sell you sliced bread, but we at Craftmatic have perfected the adjustable bread. Adjustable bread? Sure. Just load up a roll of Craftmatic adjustable bread into our handy dispenser. Pull the leading edge. And cut. Now your bread is the perfect length for whatever you need. Footlong hot dogs? Not a problem. Banana and celery? Celery? No need to cut them. How about rainbow trout? Yes, with our family-size package, you can make a sandwich out of anything under 12 feet. Wow, it's the next best thing since. Yes, Betty, it sure is. Ask your grocer for craftmatic adjustable bread in your grocery store today.
1: We now return to part two of H.G. Wells' The Time Machine. We were caught in the year 100,080.
4: The time machine was gone. The brass doors under the Sphinx blocked the only way back to our time. We made our
2: way back to the Eloi. Their childishness, their innocence must be a ruse. The Eloy took our time machine. Who else could it be? We can ask Weena. She's different from the others. <laughs> I know, but communicating with her is impossible. We must try.
0: Filby! Dudley! Hello!
2: Look, she's brought us garlands again. No, thank you.
0: You like? For you, and for you. Thank you, Weena. Weena, miss you? Yes. See? Flowers.
4: Weena, please.
3: Dudley,
2: mad. Look, you frightened her. No, now, Weena, but we must discover what happened. <laughs> Which one of those little thieves is responsible?
3: Dudley,
0: mad. Weena, no like.
2: Stop it! Frightening her is not going to get us home. Who took machine?
0: No, Weena, take, gear.
2: I told you I don't want flowers. They didn't take it, Professor. <laughs> well, who then? Who took it, Weena? <laughs> We are friends.
3: Yes.
0: We
2: must have machine.
0: Yes, Dudley, yes.
2: What about the doors, Weena? Big doors open.
3: No, no.
2: Weena, machine, in there, must open.
3: No, no, not open. Uh, Not open big doors. Bad, bad.
2: All right, never mind. It's starting to get dark. Perhaps if we get some rest, we can find a way to get the doors open tomorrow. (sighs) Especially after breakfast. Breakfast? That's it. What do you mean? That feeling. The feeling we're being watched. The food on the table. Yes, Philby, there is something hidden away. Do you ever see any of these Eloy work or toil? Do you ever see them carrying anything heavier than a flower? Not unless they're eating. Exactly. And yet every morning the dining hall is filled with fresh fruit and vegetables. I see what you mean. Well, I wonder who gathers it. I plan to find out. We will wait in the dining hall all night if we have to. Come on.
0: No. Dark, sleep here.
2: She's right. There are no windows in the dining hall. Interesting. Uh, You don't have to come with us, Weena, but we can't ignore any chance to get our machine back. Uh, It's nearly dawn. I know. The food must be replenished at some point. Did you hear that?
4: Yes. Yes. Professor, something cold just brushed against me. Me too. There it was again. Cold. Filthy.
2: It smells like something of a crypt. What do we do? This.
4: Oh my word! Quick, let's get out of here. We went quickly from the dining hall. The glow of the moon was coming through one of the windows and it was close to dawning. Then there was a faint sound speeding close behind us. We turned, our nerves ragged, and our muscles tensed. But it was only Weena coming swiftly to join us.
0: Deadly! Weena heard afraid
4: dark. Yes, Weena! We know why you're afraid of the dark!
2: Yes, dark things. I didn't get much of a look at the creatures in the dining hall, but it's obvious they were not our friends, the Eloi. Are they still there? Probably. Deadly! Look, Professor! In the moonlight! A pair of glaring eyes! It's gone. What was it? Pale, ape-like, with huge eyes and white hair. Ghastly. It was running on all fours, I think. Weena, Weena, what was it? Morlock,
0: a um, Morlock.
2: Who are the Morlocks? What are they? Weena, tell me. No, no. Let's get back to the dining room. Come along, Philby. Mm-hmm.
4: in the dining room, the table was spread with a new supply of fruit and vegetables. By this time, some of the Eloy were making their way in to eat, and then we saw something on the floor that we had missed.
2: Help me open it.
4: Oh, these creatures must have terrific strength. Uh, uh,
2: there, in the gloom, a small creature going down. Oh, like a huge spider with huge eyes. Oh, it's gone. Philby. I believe there are two species of men in this world. The little docile Eloi live up here. Yes, and those breached monsters are below. Professor, you can feel the air being sucked down into the shaft. The earth must be tunneled enormously here under our feet. It must be the Morlocks' home.
4: I think we now know who stole our time machine. Yes, then... Then we'll have to go down and have a look.
0: No, no, not
4: go. Why not, Weena?
0: Morlocks, you not come back.
4: We must have our machine, my dear. You wait for us here.
0: No, no.
4: And so we went down, our heels ringing on the small metallic bars that were meant for creatures so much smaller than us. Down we climbed. Down, down, ever in the darkness. Ever, it seemed, into the center of the earth. Into the core of the world.
2: How much longer? We won't know until we reach the bottom. can't be much further. Do you hear that? Like machinery, we're almost there. Thank heaven for that. All right, Philby, I'm on the bottom. Come, come along. Just a few more steps. Now, give me your hand. Good. We're here.
4: Yes. In the land of the Morlocks, do you have a
2: match? Yes, here. There seems to be a large vaulted chamber at the end of this passage. That. That throbbing noise. Probably their ventilating system pumping the air down. There must be thousands upon thousands of these Morlocks living under the earth. Thankfully, we've only seen that
4: one coming down here. Why do you suppose they wanted our time machine? I think they wanted us,
2: not the machine. And we've come to them. We have no other choice. You know something, Philby? If that noise does come from air pumps... Yes? Why is it so stuffy here, so oppressive? I noticed that too. And that
4: odor, what could it be? Blood. Blood? Light another match. Dudley, look straight ahead, on the white metal
2: table. Yes, it's set for a meal. Yes, with a small haunch, do you see? Meat. I don't think we need to guess where it's from. Oh, another match. Yes, right here. The last one. I have no more. What ill-planning to think I didn't even bring a camera. What's the use if we don't make it back? True. Well, without matches, we have no choice but to return to the surface. Come on! Right behind you! We now know the horrible secret. The Morlocks living here underground are the masters of this age, and the Eloi above are merely fatted cattle, fed by the Morlocks. Clothed, supplied, and housed until the day when they're cut out of their herd and brought underground as food. It's not the fading utopia. No. This is humanity twisted and splintered apart, with one literally feeding off the other. But the Morlocks seem to do all the work. Perhaps at one time the Eloi may have been the masters, but somewhere along the way the roles were horribly reversed. Remember, this is the future you're looking at. This is our future.
4: Dudley! What is it? In this darkness, I felt hands. Cold hands. We need weapons. The pipes along the walls. Some are loose.
2: Yes. Excellent. You get one. Give it to me. Yeah. All right. Push back against mine. Swing your pipe. Lash out against the Morlocks. Get back! Get back! back. Feel me. They're all get around back. us. Get back! Keep swinging. Get back! We're nearly to the ladder. Get back!
4: We went back in that evil darkness, fighting every step as we went, back to those projecting bars, kicking and clawing ourselves loose from their taloned, grasping hands and climbing up again, up toward daylight and freedom, away from their stench and the eagerness of their icy hands. And they did not follow, for daylight was their enemy and their greatest fear. We lived among the lush gardens of the Eloi like prisoners, for the time machine was locked away behind great brass doors, and we knew we could never force them open. Then one day, Weena told us of an old building an ancient, sagging structure that had survived through many ages and was filled with many curious objects.
2: She must mean a museum. That's what it must be, a museum, Philby. Oh, I'm in no mood to go looking at museums. Oh, don't you see? Museums of our time have hermetically sealed specimens. Why should these be any different? What sort of specimens? Weapons, machinery, something we can use to get the time machine. Gunpowder? Dynamite! Yes, or perhaps the ingredients to make some. The doors wouldn't stand a chance. Where is this place, Weena? The old building, strange things.
0: You, I take. Not far.
2: A
4: chance, Professor. A slim one, but a chance nonetheless. It was a museum, but it was unlike anything I had seen. More than half of the items were completely foreign
2: to the Professor and myself. This place gives me a very strange feeling, Philby. What do you mean? Look around you. Thousands of items of obvious complexity and advanced designs, but older than the pyramids of Egypt are to us. This one is called an ipod? Could it be a weapon? I doubt it. This building has been abandoned for centuries. The Eloi no longer care about such things. Another disappointment. All the chemicals are dust. A few weapons are made of some kind of celluloid. Just models? Yes. Completely useless. We're out of our minds to hope that nitrates could retain their form for a hundred thousand years
0: We go now?
2: Wait, just a minute There's something in this case Break it open Uh, Stand back a little A box of matches Hermetically sealed Uh, Too bad they can't burn down brass doors
4: Well, we'd better keep them You can't tell
2: Philby, look on the floor Do you see them? Small, narrow footprints leading into the darkness at the end of this gallery. Dudley, Filby,
4: the Morlocks are in this building. We'd better go. Pick Weena up and
2: carry her. We're going to have to make a run for it.
4: Now, don't be frightened, my dear. I've got you. Run! We came out of the gloom of that place into the deeper gloom of dusk, and suddenly we saw—we were trapped, all around us were the Morlocks. They were there by the thousands, surrounding us and coming closer, their eyes blinking in the half-light, their tiny mouths drooling around sharp teeth.
2: Philby, The matches! Yes, I have them! Light a fire here in the grass. The brush around us is dry. Hurry, man! We'll have an inferno in a minute!
4: The fire leapt high into the heavens, and the countryside was ablaze. The Morlocks turned in fear, blinded by the glare. Some of them plundered into the raging flames, and the rest faded away like a fog. Thankfully, we had a narrow passageway for our retreat, and we fled down a long corridor of leaping claims and blistering heat. We fled towards safety to the community of the Eloy. As we ran, we passed the huge Sphinx monument with its great bronze doors. And suddenly, in the glare of the distant fire, we saw something that stopped us short.
2: They're open! Philby, the doors are open! No, not
0: go in, Deadly, no-
2: It's a trap! They're waiting for us inside. Waiting or not, we're going in. Dudley, it's suicide. It'll take me one minute to reattach the levers, then one touch, and we're away. All right, I'll try to give you your one minute. Good man. No, not leave me. Hold tight
4: around my neck, Weena. You're coming home with us. All right, let's go. Is the machine all right? I
2: I think so. It looks intact. My goodness! It looks cleaned and oiled. (laughs) It's a trap, all right. They'll be around us any moment. I don't see them yet. Have a seat. Quickly. The door's Dudley. They're closing. It's pitch black again. Just get in the seat. I'll be ready in a moment.
4: I waited for the hum that would signal our departure. There in the darkness, the Morlocks were finally upon us. Cold, persistent fingers swarmed over my body. Tugging at me and pulling me away from the machine. I held tight to Weena as any man would hold fast to life. I tried to kick them away with my feet. Hold on, Weena! Hurry, Professor! Hurry! I'm
2: trying! One of these Morlocks is pulling against the lever! (coughs) By the glow of the crystals! Can you see? Yes! He's standing outside the machine, but holding onto your arm! Its claws are razor sharp. I'll try to push him free
4: Good heavens Half of its body just shriveled Turned to bone then dust
2: The rest is It's barely alive Oh it's horrible Don't look I'll kick it off There Philby We're away We're gone from that time Are you alright? I am but Weena? I can't bear it They pulled
4: her from you? Yes. I felt her little hands around my neck until just before you touched the levers. That's when they pulled her from me. After seeing what happened to that Morlock, I dared
2: not reach for her. The fiends. Oh. Nothing more to do than bring us back to our time.
4: And so we came back. But we weren't in the laboratory. We were sitting in the garden, next to the very rose bushes he asked me to watch before we started our journey. That was where the Morlocks had dragged the machine, and where the Sphinx Monument will someday stand. After that, we went inside, had a strong cup of tea, and then dragged the machine back into the laboratory.
3: Then where's the Professor Dudley? Where's the machine?
4: He went on another journey. He invited me along, but (laughs) I declined.
3: I don't blame you, sir. You didn't hear this from me, but some have said he's nearly back in mad. Really? That's what I've heard. Do you know when i will be back?
4: No, I'm afraid I don't know. The only thing I know for certain about the future is this.
3: A piece of torn silk?
4: It is certain.
3: I won't pretend to understand what you mean, sir. But if you do see Professor Dudley, please inform him that if I do not hear from him by the end of the month, I shall seek employment elsewhere. I much prefer to find a place where I'm needed than to make a habit of wasting time, if you know what I mean.
1: I do. Good day, madam. This production of H.G. Wells' The Time Machine was produced by the Texas Radio Theater Company in cooperation with the Arlington Museum of Art, challenging its visitors to think creatively. You're listening to the Texas Radio Theater Company at the Arlington Museum of Art. Tonight's program was directed by Richard Froehlich. At this time, we'd like to bring our cast back up to the microphones, Larry Groby, Gary Layton, Tiffany Lonsdale-Hans, Kelly Scott, and Rick Spiegel. Live sound effects are created by myself, your humble announcer and production manager, Ken Rainey. Special thanks go to Kelly Scott, the Arlington Museum of Art, and especially to you for helping us in our efforts to keep radio drama alive. On behalf of our all-volunteer cast and crew, thank you for listening, and have a very pleasant evening.
0: The Texas Radio Theater Company, in cooperation with the Arlington Museum of Art, performs Modern Audio Theater in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. If you'd like more information about our group, you can log on to our website at texasradiotheater.com, or you can look for us on Facebook. I'm Rich Froelich, and on behalf of our cast and crew, thanks for listening.